This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please feel free to check out other episodes and subscribe to keep up with the latest ones. For 40 years, from her early days in Warlock through her long-running solo career, German metal icon Doro Pesch has kept the metal faith alive. She's built up an international reputation and worked with major hard rock names like Gene Simmons, Slash, Pete Steele, and Lemmy. The powerhouse singer's heavy odyssey is chronicled on her brand new career-spanning box set, Magic Diamonds, Best of Rock, Ballads, and Rare Treasures, which is out through her own label, Rare Diamonds. The box set, available as three CDs or four LPs, encompasses 56 tracks of heavy and light tunes, live cuts, orchestral and acoustic versions, duets, covers, and rarities something that is distinct about Doro. While cranking out her heavy songs, she explores plenty of personal and emotional terrain. There's a lot of self-empowerment and introspection. Beyond music, Doro is enthusiastic about martial arts and animal welfare. For this episode of Side Jams, we discussed how she got into Thai boxing and other martial arts forms, how she developed a longtime friendship with German boxing champion Regina Halmisch, her love of pets and animal welfare, how her working with PETA generated controversy, and how she invests in the well-being of some particular animals. I've interviewed Doro many times in New York and Germany over the last 20 years, and it was nice to dive into some fresh territory. Hi, hey, Brian, it's me, Doro. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good, very good. Hanging in there, no touring, so it's, it's interesting. You did a drive-in concert a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did a couple of uh, drive-in shows, and the last one was a beach chair show. That was actually really nice because I could hear the people, see the people, and some of the drive-in shows went really well. But of course, it's not a real normal tour or festival. We had so much planned, like two uh, America tours, two European tours, Australia tour, wow. South America tour, and all these great festivals. So that's not going to happen. And yeah, but we did a couple of drive-in shows, and that was, yeah, that was totally different, and it was very nice, but not to compare with like normal shows or festivals yeah. but it was was good to keep the machinery going so yeah 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 well it's nice to chat with you it's been a while since i've seen you actually it's been like 10 years maybe in person yeah when you came over to germany you mean when miller was there and well there was a i think i thought well, i remember seeing you at a bar in new york city there was one on the lower east side near the williamsburg bridge uh... and there was a party there now i remember the first time we met 20 years ago was at koch records and oh. you were asking me, you know, Dio's invited me on this tour. Should I just do my own tour or should I do the Dio tour? And I'm like, do the Dio tour. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was a good good advice. And oh yeah, oh, yeah, it was the best. That was yeah, that was that was so good. I, I miss him so much, but yeah, yeah, that was one of the greatest experiences and greatest tours. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, you're you're always so positive when I talk to you. You always seem happy. You're always very upbeat. Yeah, there's nothing better than talking about music or metal. So that, that always lifts my spirit instantly and, and, and talking to the same people who, who feel the same and like the same stuff. So that's, yeah. yeah. We have this, big, you have this big box set and I'm glad that some of the early stuff got on there because I know it's a different label, but I'm glad like some of the Force Majeure stuff got on there in at least a live format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got... Um, 
I got all uh, the rights back of the years I spent in AFM and uh, SPV. Yeah. So the phonogram records, the, the studio versions we couldn't use, but yeah, since we always play live, so yeah, and it's my own label, the Rare Diamonds production, so and I can put some, you know, some special stuff out, uh, out uh, some vinyl or splattered vinyl or picture disc. Sure. And, and there's a vinyl edition as well, which oh, it looks awesome. Two double vinyl, one is white, one is clear, and it looks nice. I just cool. I just got it actually yesterday. Um, and we were all nervous if everything would get here in time because of here's another lockdown. I'm in Germany right now, and yeah, you can't go anywhere, and restaurants, bars, everything is closed. So, yeah. so we were really hoping that it would be ready in time and yeah now i have it in my hands everything's ready and i think the vinyl set looks gorgeous looks really nice for vinyl collectors of course but yeah yeah i still love vinyl that's cool actually i was enjoying the orchestral version of i rule the ruins i was listening to that yeah, earlier today yeah. Yeah, I really want it's the only song which is on there twice. One the orchestra version and one really nice kick ass live version. So everything else is just on there once, but I will yeah, that's that's twice on there. And I couldn't decide which one I liked more, the orchestra version or the live version. And I thought, yeah, yeah. Or the rare treasure C D, yeah, let's put the live version on as well. And mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing the, the box set. And then also, obviously, for this podcast, I talk about people's hobbies and their outside passions. You, you have some interesting ones. I like the fact that you have martial arts and you have animals. You have yeah. two different, yeah. two very different things. And when did you actually start doing martial arts? Oh, actually, I started in um, 95 and I started uh, with Thai boxing. And, um, and then lately I was doing uh, Kung Fu. Uh, it's uh, called um, Wing Chun. And Eskrima, that's another thing you do it usually with sticks uh-huh. or you can do it with knives and oh, I love it. And But at this moment, I can't do it because here's a lockdown. So all all the schools, they are, they're closed. So so I try to train by myself, but it's not the same. Like you definitely need other people or, or a teacher who shows you stuff. And other, otherwise you can get hurt. <laughs> well, do you have any teachers or sparring partners that you trust? Are people doing anything privately? these days uh, yeah yeah it's it's actually it, it is a school i do it with other people but the teacher i have oh he's he's a cool guy yeah i would totally trust him but he is somebody you know you definitely need to be like totally concentrated and focused because he demands a lot let's put it this way when i'm there like totally tired exhausted just crawling out of the studio early in the morning and then going to a training session oh that doesn't work i did it a couple of times but yeah you always need to pay full attention but i i love it and as krima i didn't do it for a while and then I wanted to go back after a long tour. And then my teacher said, no, you know, the whole, the whole group doesn't exist anymore. You didn't show up. So one by one, people were not, you know, showing yeah. up. So, so I'm doing the Wing Chun thing. But um, yeah, it's a Chinese thing. It was, I think, created by a nun. And she was teaching a really? young little girl. And yeah, and the girl's name was Wing Chung. And she was married to a very violent, brutal guy who was always beating her up. So this nun told her how to defend herself, even when somebody's really thin and small. And um, yeah, and I thought, oh, that sounds really, 
nice and yeah so when we play in clubs when usually the clubs are in really bad neighborhoods so at least i think i can defend myself and i can run away you know well you're smaller but you're in shape yeah that's always good yeah the more i train the more i feel nothing bad is going to happen because you have like you know you pay attention a little bit more you know where you go or when to change you know like the streets so you know like yeah. yeah you have a better feel for for danger and that i think that's really really good you know you're not so easy in a victim anymore before you know i was just like I guess people could easily like do stuff because I was on the phone talking or putting on makeup or you know like yeah. it's like you know and now you know you look around and that that's really good. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I was mugged when I was in college. I was outside my dorm in New York and in the East Village because mm -hmm. the East Village was dangerous back in the late '80s. And, mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, it was interesting. It wasn't violent, but they showed me this big knife. And I, okay, okay, you can have my Walkman in my wallet. That's fine. And they went did all the police lineups and everything. In that situation, I mean, look, I, there was a guy that was also mugged by the same guys who was a black belt but because he was carrying groceries at the time and they kind of came up behind him he didn't really have the ability to react but i did notice after it yeah. happened to me i became much more aware of people in yeah, my peripheral yeah. vision and because it happened i was able to avoid a lot of situations after that because i knew yeah. what was going on did you not think of that about before did martial arts help you with that uh, yes totally totally and um, um in training sometimes we do a fun thing like you get like um you either put a scarf around your eyes or like around your head and then you can't see anything and then you just have to feel it out and that was really helpful and then you know like the other people you're training with they kind of attack you and you have to feel it out what to do, where somebody is coming from. And yeah, I think your senses, your instinct, that's all like, you know, getting much more developed. I think that's really cool. But um, yeah, you sense more stuff. That's the best part of it. What was the original reason to get into martial arts and which discipline did you pick first? Actually, yeah, I always wanted to do kickboxing and it was like in yeah middle of the 90s and uh, it was hard to find a trainer because back then it wasn't so common that girls would want to do it mm -hmm. and then i had a security guy and he said hey you know the guy who's training us you know he's uh, like he's whatever he won a couple of things and he's doing Thai boxing and he said it's pretty similar and stuff and I thought oh that sounds interesting so and I said yes I want to be trained by somebody who's good and you know and so I did Thai boxing for the first time and um, yeah and then I went on tour and then that didn't exist anymore and when I had a little bit more time then I started uh, Wing Chun and I thought mm, that, that's nice and yeah so I like all kinds of stuff it's but uh, yeah Thai boxing it was because I want to do kickboxing and yeah. there was no no chance to do it so but I, I I love it I love it and yeah anything martial arts I love to watch it on TV too mm -hmm. I think you can always learn from it and yeah and that's how I how I got to know my dear friend uh, Regina Halmich she was the 12 year undisputed boxing champion and she's a small woman but a yeah. powerhouse and then we met because i went to all the boxing matches i could uh, find yeah and then i met her and then she said oh doro could you write all the walk-in anthems for me and i said yes and that's how you wrote the song I, fight right yes fight and 
always live to win. Uh, she's like Thunder and the Queen. Mm. And one uh, nice version of All We Are, which is actually on the new release on the Magic Diamonds. It starts with All We Are and it's the fight version. That's like, yeah, for my friend, the boxing champion. And it's a little bit different from the original, but it has even more power, it's a little bit faster. That, that, was, that was fun doing it for, for a boxing champion. I did it for a couple of men as well, for a couple of guys. Really? But Regina, that was, yeah, yeah. Many times, my friend Regina, she she was the coolest, and it was so nice to to do something for somebody who's an absolute outsider. And and for many many years, it was not so accepted that women would do boxing. Right. And we became friends in I think it was late nineties, and now it's pretty common, and nobody would think about it anymore. But um, back uh, yeah, in, in the early nineties, there was like yeah, almost a no go, and and now it's like yeah everybody's doing it and it's cool mm. that's great did you ever get to watch her train or did she ever give you any advice yeah yeah actually yeah she did she did and um and we always inspire each other and uh, and i just saw her it was a tv show and she was a guest at the tv show and i was like i was the, the special guest she didn't know about it and then we met again and we talked and we hit it off right away and we didn't see each other in like two years even having somebody who's totally disciplined and, you know, and she always knew what she wanted. And yeah, it was very inspiring to me. And um, yeah, in, in all kinds of levels. And, and she always told me, she said, oh, when you're going on tour, when you have to fight so hard, like on tour and on stage, she said, man, you've got to get healthier, you know, eat right, you know. And then we talked about that, you know, what would do your body really good. Because mm. before, for the longest time, I didn't take care of myself so much. I just did touring and then, oh, and after a tour was over, I was always almost in a coma. It was so bad. So, yeah, so she gave me all kinds of advice and tips and, yeah, it was good. That's great. So after you started learning uh, Thai boxing, when did you get into the other disciplines that you were studying? Actually, yeah, a few years ago. I just wanted to start something again. Sometimes when you feel that urge, man, I want to do this or I want to, whatever, play football or play soccer. And, and I really, I was, I was searching for something where I could go. And uh, yeah, and then I found this really nice teacher and good people around me. And, and what was so cool, it was sometimes, you know, some real young people, like, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And and they, they didn't know anything about music. And then, of course, I turned them all on to metal and they all became metalheads. <laughs> but that was really cool. And they were in school listening to all kinds of, like, you know, the top 40 stuff and the, what they hear in the charts. And music was never so important to them. And then, you know, I, I told them about, yeah, you know, how, how exciting it is and what metal is all about. And so that was really cool. But, but I learned sometimes from the youngest kids. That was so cool. Sometimes a 10-year-old would show me something. And it, was, it, was, it was funny. It was funny. But, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I love that. Being connected with all kinds of people. Super young, super old. Yep. You know, it's cool. It's cool. That's the way I feel about my life. Like, I have friends that are older. I have friends that are younger. I have friends that are my age. I think you have to be open to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have things that we can teach people. But I think younger people have things they can teach us. 
Yeah, yeah. I I taught them that vinyl is the best, and they never <laughs> saw any vinyl record. And then you know, of course, I brought my vinyl collection, and I said, "Ooh, that looks pretty cool." And they were looking at it hours and hours, and all the nice, you know, artwork, and you know, and they only, you know listen to music of the internet and I said man no you know when you're a band or a musician you know you put so much into everything though it's all it's a piece of art the artwork the booklet the photo session the paintings and the music and they didn't know that you know and I thought so I, I taught them some value I think you know that it's not like just yeah listening to something and like meaningless stuff so I thought yeah. hmm, that's pretty good and yeah so so we said Wing Chun is this other one you were doing. Yeah, Wing Chun. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other ones? Uh, yeah, the other one was uh, called Eskrima, and you do it with uh, bamboo sticks. You can do it with knives as well. Whoa. And that was, that was pretty nice. But I thought, oh, God, the tour is coming up, so I better be careful. And, uh, yeah. You just yeah, use the bamboo yeah. and not the knives? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. The teacher always, you know, he, he never wanted to give us the knives. Everybody always wants to train with the knives and stuff. And they're really not not very sharp, but still, you can get hurt a lot. And then, you know, he said, oh, today's the sticks. And I went, oh, one of the real knives. So, you know, so we did both. But um, it was always a special treat when he said, okay, today we train with knives. And like, ah. Oh. But, um, yeah, you definitely had to be awake. And ready oh and, yeah uh, yeah yeah but i i love it I, I love to have something in my hand I, yeah I, I, I like it a lot but of course if somebody has a gun i guess you don't do much you know with your bamboo sticks yeah it's like that's a problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sort of depends on what the situation is too yeah yeah how much has studying martial arts affected your physical performances on stage actually i think i can focus better and i can take a lot more like um i think i'm more resilient and if things don't go well or if, if i feel oh man i'm getting a little bit sick i can just pull through and do a good job no matter what because you really learn when it hurts you just go ahead and do it anyway and um mm. it toughens you up in a way and um yeah and you have better stamina i think and it's it overall it's good and you take care of other people i think that was the best part that you really feel like i have the feeling you know like you're more a servant to others like you know you're more helpful you're more supportive and that's what i learned and i thought wow that's so cool you know you're talking about caring about people, but obviously you also care about animals. Yes, and yes. Did you have yeah. any pets? I, when I grew up, yeah, I love dogs and horses. And now, yeah, since I'm doing music, no more pets. I had a parrot or two parrots in the beginning. Really? But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I, I was living in Manhattan and the guy who was owning the building, he said, no, you know, no pets. And, you know, and then I had to, I actually, I, I flew the little bird. I flew it over to my parents in Germany and they fell in love with the bird it was like an Amazon and yeah and then when I was visiting my parents in, in Germany the bird he didn't like me anymore because <sighs> he knew you know yeah, I didn't take care of him in the right way and he only liked my parents and every time I I, I was there then he was biting me and I thought oh, okay wow. yeah. 
dude, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, I, I love animals so much. And um, because I can't have any pets, I'm always trying to help out some animal shelters or dog shelters. And I met this cool lady. She's taking care of um, ex-race horses. Okay. Because when, yeah. What's her name? Uh, her name is Anke Dahlhaus. I don't think that you know her. But is she she's, in Germany? She's really cool. Yes, she's in Germany. I met her a couple of months ago and then I was there and all, all these horses, oh God, you know, that made me remember my childhood. I love horses. And when I was driving my car, I thought, yeah, I want to write a song about horses and especially this one horse. Oh God, it was so gorgeous. Mm. and What a nice gentle spirit. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful creature. And then I, I wrote a song about it and it's called Heavenly Creatures. That's the work title. And she's taking care of them because sometimes when uh, horses are racing, then they are babies. They're one or two years old yeah. or three or four. And then when they're a little bit older, let's say five, six, seven years old, then the owners, they don't want them anymore or don't take care of them anymore in the right way. And she tries to take care of them. And I help her. And that makes me feel so good. And and, and it inspires me to, to write even more songs and stuff. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes doing something else, you know, is good then for, yeah, for going back into the studio. Like, I, I, I love that. And yeah, I love, I love animals so much. And, and there was one cool thing in Thailand. Uh, there was a group of people, they asked me if they can use the song All for Metal. That was on our last release, the yeah. Forever Warriors, Forever United. And I said, they want to have a song for animals. And they re-recorded it and re-sang it. People from all over the world, you know, worked on it. And it's called All for Animals. And it's so cool. cool. It's really like special version. And yeah, and I thought, Oh, that's so nice. So, so I'm I'm glad. And yeah. Are there any organizations in the states that you like to support as far as animal welfare, animal rescue? Yeah, actually, usually there are like these people, like like the private organizations, usually the smaller ones. Then you know, like in in every city, there's some people who take care or have dog shelters. So yeah. so we are all connected. And and I did a couple of campaigns for PETA, but not everybody likes um, likes that organization yeah. because they're pretty pretty hardcore. But I think, man, you know, it's better to to get attention. But I did it a couple of times, and then some people. I got so mad and I thought, wow, why? It's for a good cause, man. It's just to stop pain and suffering and stuff. And But it's a double-edged sword. I, I found out like that not all people are for it. And I, I thought, I can't believe that. Well, probably some, some, there might be some things that they're more extreme on. And we, we live in very extreme times right now, actually. We live in very That's polarizing right. times, That's which right. I'm hoping now. Yeah. Just after the election, yeah. things are going to change. But it feels like it's going to take. A, it's going to be a bit of a bridge. A lot of bridge building going on to get yeah, us back. I tell you, worldwide, man, worldwide, it's so, it's so crazy. There's so much, yeah, violence going on and, oh, and so much hatred and like, oh. Yeah, sometimes I can't sleep at night. And and when you watch the news, it's like every day, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's why I love doing music. I think it always has, you know, so much positive energy and can really, you know, do really good or change people's minds. And, yeah, but it's tough out there. Yeah, I think in the 80s, man, 
There weren't any problems except when your video wasn't played by MTV. Or that was a big problem for a band. But other than that, everything was cool. And well, we, we yeah, did we did so, we did have the Cold War going on, but yeah, because obviously you were growing up in West Germany at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was in West Germany. I was never allowed playing in East Germany. We always tried, but we couldn't. And yeah, and then when I was actually working with Gene Simmons in LA, right. we were recording this record in 1989, yep. 90. Then I was singing. You know, I was recording a vocal and then Gene came in the room and he said, Doro, Doro, you got to watch something on TV. I said, no, no, I'm just doing like a great vocal, you know. And he said, no, I think there's something really interesting. I said, no, no, I want to finish my work. He said, Doro, just check it out. And then I went into the little lobby and there was a little TV and yeah, and then I saw the wall was coming down. I thought, wow, I would have never expected that in a million years and that it was peaceful. That was the best part of it. Yeah. So I thought, wow, you know, but that was when I wrote my first song in America on the Triumph and Agony album. The first one was called When East Meets West. Mm. And I told my guitar player and producer, I told him all about it and told him how you know how extreme how difficult it is and yeah and then the first song came about east meets west and then yeah and then we did this uh, record triumph and agony which is still one of my favorite records we did and yeah but now we can always play everywhere everywhere in germany and even play in the ukraine in russia and czech republic which was absolutely not not possible in, in the 80s and um, yeah yeah it was different definitely different times so you said you said the song heavenly creatures getting back to horses you said heavenly creatures that's a song in the works yes that's a song in the works and yeah and that's the work title i don't know if the title will stay but that's the work title for now and we're working on a new album i hope it will come out next year but now we're concentrating on on, on the new release the best of and it has 56 tracks on and it's called magic diamonds and it's all deep cuts new versions lots of live stuff and unreleased versions so so i was reading through my archive the last five six months when we couldn't go on tour yeah. and putting it together and mixing it and yeah so what do you miss about riding horses what what was so special about it for you oh they have such a great spirit man they have such a great spirit so gentle man i think very very spiritual it's like somehow angelic i think they're like so wow so good and they always want to you know they they want to do good they want to please people and you know do stuff but still they're wild and oh man yeah Horses, they are probably my favorite, and dogs. But but one time I got a cat because I told somebody that I miss having pets. Yeah. And he was in Florida. He was a promoter. And he said, what do you miss the most, you know, while touring? I said, yeah, I miss, like, having a pet. Next day, we were playing in L.A., and we had a day off. Mm -hmm. And then somebody said, there's something waiting for you at the front desk. And I went down to the front desk. I was in a little hotel, and there was a cat. And, wow. and this promoter sent a cat, and I loved it. And, you know, the name was Baby. And, oh, my God, it was a beautiful cat. Yeah, and then my manager, he said, you can't keep that cat. And I said, no, I want to keep that cat. And then, of course, I slept it in our tour bus and it peed in every bunk. So the band, they were totally pissed off at me. The road crew was super pissed off at me. And yeah, and then the manager, he sent it back and I was heartbroken. Oh, poor cat. Yeah, I, I'm, but, I'm a big cat person. Yeah, so, but it's, it, yeah, it's gotta be hard yeah. for, it's gotta be hard to take a pet on the road though. I mean, I, I, unless, yeah, it's already, totally, unless it's already bonded totally. with you for a while. 
Yeah, yeah. But the promoter, I guess he wants to make me happy and he didn't think of, of the cat and of, you know, that it's impossible. Absolutely. I, I think so too. It's definitely impossible to have a, to have an animal onto it. I guess maybe a dog is easier on the road. Yeah, but man, even even a dog, I, I think I, I, I think that shouldn't, you know, yeah. I think it's it's not right for the dog. And then in a tour bus, oh God, with 20 people, oh, oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you took some time off and wanted to get like, and could have a pet, or if you could have a pet that you could still do your touring, what, what kind of pet would you get? Yeah, a horse, a dog, a cat, and a parrot. Wow. I love parrots as well, since I had like, like two of them actually. Um, the one I just told you about that I sent it to my parents and then it died and oh, we were so like so sad and then we got uh, another one to take care of actually so I had one time two parents and they were so intelligent and then oh my god it was unbelievable I never thought that a bird can be so that I could get so attached but yeah <laughs> I was so yeah so everything yeah everything dog cat and, and parrots that will be awesome yeah so you, you, but, you'd, yeah. you'd slowly be on your way to becoming the Dr. Doodle of heavy metal yeah yeah exactly 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 but I tell you all the other animals you know like sometimes like a pig can be as intelligent as a dog so yeah. I you know I, I saw that and I, and I heard it from you know some people and actually there is a, a beautiful thing in Austria actually it is called Gut Eiderbichel. And it's mm. a big thing. They take care of animals, of all kinds of animals. And it's a huge thing. And there I really learned that animals, which are not so favorite, like, or not, you know, where you usually think it couldn't be a pet. Yeah, yeah they're like, wow, you know, I and got to meet them all and fell in love with every single one. And yeah. <laughs> what other animals were there? For example, chimpanzees, mm -hmm. and uh, they were like, they, people kept them in a cage for 20 years, oh. you know, to, you know, like that stuff. And they came out, so I'm so I'm taking care of like two uh, horses there and uh, some chimpanzees. Like, you know, you, you donate money yeah. for food and medicine. Uh, That's and that great. Stuff. And yeah, and it's called Gut Eiderbichel. And it's really, it's really great. But of course now, in this situation with the COVID, people don't donate so much money anymore. Yeah. So, so food and medicine is—it's a problem. And I guess worldwide. How do you spell the name of that organization? Uh, it is actually two words. It's G U T. Yep. And then the other one is Ida because it's A I D E R B I C H E L. And how does that translate in English? Uh, I, I don't know. It's a name of this. Uh, good is you know, good, it, right? Whole, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's like maybe it's a farm or something. Yeah. But yeah, there's no translation. You just have to look it up if people are interested. That's great. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. So I I adopted some animals, and they take care of like friendships. If like a donkey is like friends with a you know chimpanzee, they take care of that, or you know, or a horse with a dog. You know, they all they can you know yeah. they're together in this you know like thing. It's like they respect that, and I love that. They're good people. Well, listen, thank you again. It's been great to chat with you and catch up. Hopefully, we'll get to see you in person sooner than later. Yes, yes, Brian. Thank you so much. It was awesome to talk to you again. I wish we could talk more because it was just getting so so nice and yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. But next time, next time. Oh, sure. And, yeah. All right. I wish you all the best. You Stay too. healthy and hopefully see you on the road. We keep our fingers crossed and everything hopefully gets back to normal eventually. 
That wraps up this latest episode of Side Jams. Please join me for the next installment, which will feature famed singer-songwriter Dave Mason. The tunes used in this episode are from Fox and the Law, and I licensed them through AudioSocket. As always, thank you very much for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.